Welcome to Godsplaining, contemplative preachers, contemporary age. Each week, join the Dominican friars as they consider all things Catholic. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Godsplaining. My name is Father Patrick Mary Briscoe, and because I beat Father Jacob Bertrand in our virtual arm wrestling competition, I'm the host of today's episode. <laughs> That's great. I don't know. We didn't really argue about that. You just said you were no. going to do it. Yeah, it was amenable. Yeah. I didn't have to beat him. I like the illusion that there's some competition here, that there's, you know, something to be won to be the host of the show. Yeah. Well, you win. And I'm Father Jacob Bertrand, and I am the co-host of today's episode. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes. Um, yes. Father, what's the what's the word on the vocations front? How are we doing directing vocations? Oh, we we're done. I'm done. No, that no well, more vocations. Kind of, no more. We are done. The order 2021 will be the last novitiate class of the order. No, but in a way, we're kind of done. Um, kind of exciting news on on on. I guess the vocation front. Uh, this past weekend, our provincial um, finished accepting men to the novitiate class. The application season's over. That's why. Um, but we will have 15 men joining our novitiate this summer, which is yeah, really exciting. Um, I'm very pumped about that. I think some really excellent men. So we'll see how they fare once they try on Dominican life of the novitiate. So they enter the way it works for us every year is that they enter during um, some point in July, and then they begin their novitiate in August, they receive the habit on the feast of St. Dominic, um, which is August eighth. But I think this year, um, like actually like us, like Father Patrick and myself, they'll receive the habit on August 7th in the evening after, after Vespers, because um, like our novitiate year, uh, the eighth falls on a Sunday, and it's very hard to have all the parishes, uh, all, sorry, all the masses go in the parish and vestition and all those celebrations. So um, yeah, like it was, this will be 11 years. Yeah, for Father Patrick and Father uh, Gregory, Father Bonaventure and Father Joseph, I think we're all classmates. So it'll be 11 years this summer since we received the habit. Um, so anyways, uh, but uh, yeah, we'll have 15 men receive the habit in August, which is I'm, I'm really pumped about, really excited for. So we're done with this class. When I say vocation work is done, we'll, we'll pick up with the next class pretty soon. So yeah, that's that's where we are, Father. Yeah, that that's amazing news. And it just shows the, the fidelity of the Lord, right? We are, we are begging him for laborers, right, to go out to the harvest. And here is God and his goodness and, and literally answering our prayers. I mean, it's not because of who we are as Dominicans or something really neat that we've managed to do we don't have some kind of brilliant recruiting scheme um no offense you're very good at your job father but <laughs> but, but we we get vocations because the lord the lord has sent them to us and that's part of um the the mystery of his love and his grace and what he's calling us to um we're gonna see how much the lord loves providence college i mean i hope we've got our outdoor commencement coming up here mm. and i hope that we have good weather uh, it looks like it's going to be very nice and sunny. Uh, so by the time uh, people are listening to this episode, it will have passed. So that's what's on my – I'm still in full panic mode. You know, you're sitting having, you know, wrapped everything up nicely. But I, I, I have commencement mass. I have, you know, a gathering of 3,000 people out outdoors here as we're uh, coming out of the pandemic and everything is changing wildly. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what's on my plate. That's crazy. That's that, well, that's good. That's really good that they were able to, or that you, not we, I have nothing to do with it, that you're all able to have commencement. Because I know last year they didn't have commencement um, at all, right? No, nothing. Wow. Yep. 
No, it's going to be a great celebration, and I'm really looking forward to it. And a lot of people have worked really hard, and there are going to be parts of it that are going to be very beautiful and very moving. I mean, you know, this this mass uh, that, that we're coordinating is going to is going to be great. Um, and it's going to be an, nice. a tremendous grace for the community. So yeah, well, it's good to back, get back to like normal stuff, being human beings again. So there you have it. But none of those things are what we ended up uh, deciding that we wanted to talk about exclusively <laughs> on today's episode, right? Today, we, Father Jacob Bertrand and I wanted to tackle something that we've experienced, you know, in our extensive experience as priests in ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but as, uh, as young friars, as Father Jacob Bertrand mentioned, we've been living the life for almost 11 years now, which is something as young priests, it's a trend that we've noticed um, in the confessional, and uh, we 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 want to we want to discuss a little bit what it what it means to share the spiritual life. Um, you know, so Father Jacob Bertrand had had noted bef- before as we were chatting about this uh, this episode before the show, he noticed over the last ten years or so, it seems that um, there's been a, an increase in what people are sharing about their prayer lives or their spiritual lives, um, and. We have some unique concerns about that. So, so Father Jacob Bertrand, why, why don't you say a little bit more about why we um, why we chose this topic? And, yeah. and what we're hoping to demonstrate in the episode. Yeah. So I think, like all things, um, there's we want to find um, we want to find the mean, right? The the good thing, the virtue is always the mean. And as as Father Patrick was describing, um, there I've noticed he's noticed um, this sort of increased, I guess, openness. With our spirit, with the spiritual life and things, spiritual relationships with Christ over the recent years, and I, at least in my own um, in my own life, I've noticed or it's come up in a couple places. One was from a question that um, a friend of mine asked about this very topic about like being open and sharing in the spiritual, sharing his spiritual life, and I thought it was a really excellent question and a good conversation that we had. And then the the other place is, is actually just in what we were talking about a few minutes ago, the vocation work, um, where men seem to be ready and willing to share sort of all things um, at, at first meeting, which is kind of like, okay, you know, let's get to know each other a little bit. I'll ask the hard questions a little bit later. But um, so the, the, those couple of situations prompted me to sort of think, well, what, what is it? Um, what is it that is sort of, I don't know, encouraging or has changed or, and maybe, you know, certainly Father Patrick and I haven't, you know, we're not that old, um, but it was about a decade ago, a little over a decade ago when we were applying to the order. And um, yeah, so just noticing some differences there. So um, I think let's, let's um, perhaps lay out a few things that might be to, and sort of flesh out, well, what does this sharing look like? Uh, Let's establish some like positive reasons that may be giving, may be given for, um, you know, being open with our, with our prayer life, with, uh, with our friends and our peers. And that's really what I think we're thinking about, right? Father, it's not so much sharing in the confessional or sharing in spiritual direction, but sharing amongst peers and, um, and just casual conversations and that sort of thing. Right. Um, you know, from my perspective, um, you know, I've been working on campus for a few years, uh, off and on in and out of the classroom. And now as a, as an assistant chaplain in Providence college, um, it's part of the charm of of being a young person, right? Young people are young people are eager to talk about their new experiences, to process them. Um, they they just want to share, and that's the best part of um, being being able to be a chaplain with them, right? They're so they're so ready to 
in, involve um, you in their lives, to invite you into their lives, to really digest everything that's going on. And, to, and they, they want assistance trying to make sense of how they encounter the world and how they've encountered God. Um, but the, there, there is a, there, there is a, there is a kind of risk here. So as Father Jacob Bertrand was saying, you know, so what, so what are the, what are the positive, what are the positive aspects? Well, what, I mean, one comes from scripture itself, right? So I think that um, we can look at First um, Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verse 11. See that, Father Gregory Pine? I can quote scripture too. Okay, so where it is written, <laughs> Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. So the scriptures, which have a kind of evangelical posture, encourage us to... Um, to build each other up, to to share about um, what is happening in our lives. So, um, so can you say a little bit about that, Father Jacob Bertrand? Um, you know, f- flush that out a little bit. Yeah, I think it's 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 a good disposition to have um, to have this idea that we belong to something bigger than ourselves in in our relationship with Christ, right? Namely, the Church. That we're members of the Church. That we pursue Christ together, and that we're encouraged to live a Christian life together. So, yes, that is a good thing. And that includes talking at times or in perhaps particular ways about our spiritual life, about what's going on in our lives, about um, all sorts of things. Yeah, fine. We can just go on and on about that list. Um, so, yes, that's a good principle to affirm that we're, we're not alone in this. We're not alone in our pursuit of virtue, of holiness. We're not alone in our rooting out of sin and all of these things. So, um, yes, that's, that's a good fundamental point to 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 set at the beginning i think it's also and and these probably go hand in hand pretty closely that it's helpful to and and i we all experience this that it's helpful to speak um to people about what's happening in our own lives um whether that's spiritual or otherwise to receive feedback encouragement counsel all yes we want to establish that too that there's there's a way in which especially in our prayer life that there there's a, a sort of avenue or path by which we receive wise counsel and good formation and those sort of things. So that's that's a second thing, I think. So, right, one that we're journeying together to, that we need counsel at times. We, we need to talk to people to sort of talk through what's going on. We're not experts ourselves. Um, and I think a third is kind of lumped here, right, this, this idea of accountability. And perhaps this is where... Um, a lot of the desire to share that that a group setting can be accountable um, that, you know, whether it's in developing regular prayer and like showing up to the holy hour, you know, it, sometimes it's good just to have somebody do, making your weekly holy hour, your daily holy or whatever with you because you know that they're counting on you going and you're counting on them going. Um, it's kind of one of the foundations of religious life, right? That we do this together. We're accountable to one another or even like in rooting out of sin or habits, you know, that you can have a sort of, I don't know the phrase, an accountability partner. I don't really like that. But um, these things are can can be good and can be helpful. Right. You know. Um, right. And I, I, you know, and I think again, you know, just to say as we continue to unpack this, of course, dispositionally, there's there's going to be a whole spectrum here. You know, some people are extremely introverted and they have no desire to say anything to anyone. Some people are extreme extroverts and they they process everything out loud, telling. Uh, telling everyone nearly everything. So, so of course, as, we, as we're talking about, as we're talking about this question, we have we have both the the kind of natural tendencies um, that are that are part of our personalities, that are part of the psychological makeup of who we are, and we have the kinds of virtues 
that modify those things that that allow us to be brought to uh, to further grace and perfection in Christian living. So so the, the, so recognize too. I just want to say to listeners, um, that there is a bit of a tension here. There is some question, and this is going to to look different in the life of every person um, as as they they try to live this out. Exactly. Yeah, and I would add to that list of introvert extrovert. Um, I would add. New Englanders to the third, you know, kind of <laughs> right, an extrovert, yeah, but I have no desire to tell you anything about me. So mind your business. God's frozen chosen. <laughs> oh my gosh. I haven't heard that before. <laughs> That's funny. This is wholly tangential, but I was, I was, uh, this past weekend, I had a wedding up in, on the, like the New Jersey, New York line of a college friend. It was really great to, to have that, but I was in like the Jersey area. And I was like, oh yeah, this is near home territory. This is not, you know, the charm of the South is not to be found in this, in this area. I went to a diner for breakfast. I was like, yeah, these are my people. This is great. So, um, all right, back on topic. So we've laid out a few, um, I think important things to at, at the outset. One, one of that, one of those things being that like, there is a real communal dimension to our life and living and growth in the, in the spiritual life and our pursuit of holiness. Also that we tend towards things dispositionally. Um, we might tend to want to share more process externally, uh, or not fine. That's all great. Um, but so here's, here's the sort of hot take that I would, that I would put to you, our listeners. And then we'll talk through this a little bit that even though these things are true, um, even though these things are good, I think that the, the, this disposition and father Patrick and I will flesh this out, but this disposition to share readily, to share openly and immediately with peers, whether that's in a small group or in a Bible study or whatever sort of parish group, um, I think is ultimately an unhelpful thing. Um, I think that sort of just unhindered disposition is an unhelpful thing. Um, so let's, let's talk about some of the reasons why. I think that why Father Patrick and I have been talking about this um, and we can then modify, you know, qualify it as we go through. So I don't think it's wholly unhelpful in the sense that you should never talk about it. But uh, yeah, well, let, let's just walk through some of those some of those reasons. What do you think, Father Patrick? Yeah, I think that's good. So uh, and again, like what what why why are, why are we making this point? What is it that we're really after here? We have seen a, a, a tendency for people, especially people that, that become reanimated in their faith to, to want to just kind of to lay everything out there and to have it happen as they come. So, uh, so I'm talking about people that experience things in prayer and treat it like social media, or even talk about, um, the, 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 the graces of prayer constantly on social media where, where things are being reactive and they're just, they're just sort of spilling out all the time. Um, you know, th th this is again, if you, if you, uh, hopefully that helps you get a get a kind of sense of how how we've experienced this uh, kind of excessive sharing and and hopefully you'll be able to see the reasons why we would propose uh, that the that you yourself uh, would be guarded um, or 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 maybe be more guarded if, the, if this needs to be a a change of practice for you. Um, so to really dive into this, um, we're going to take our break here, and then when we come back, uh, we'll we'll unpack our further thoughts. You are listening to Godsplaining. Visit us at godsplaining.org to listen to our episodes, shop our store, and donate to our podcast. All gifts go to improving the podcast and bringing the gospel to more listeners. Thanks for your support. 
Well, friends, welcome back on today's episode of God's Planning. As you've been hearing, we've been unpacking what it means to share, to share well in the spiritual life. Well, we haven't really gotten that far yet. We've just been talking about our concerns about it and noting in our own age a kind of excess of sharing um, that that could be very off-putting. Um, so, so where, so where is it that we want that we want to talk about this? Uh, uh, where should we begin, Father Jacob Bertrand, in thinking in thinking about how uh, our approach to this question? Yeah, well, I think well, we in in the Christian life, uh, we been we begin with Christ. You know, I think that's that's a good place to start. Um, so if we look at Christ, if we look at how Christ interacts with um, and lives his relationship with the Father, um, two things I think are important to look at. One is his is his own prayer. How does Christ pray? And then how does he um, relate uh, after that time of prayer to those around him to the to his apostles, his disciples. Well, we know that Christ, through the, the Gospels reveal to us and teach us that Christ over and over withdrew to be alone with the Father. He went away. And what is more is that he doesn't draw other people into that. He goes to the Father to be by himself to pray, and he doesn't draw other people into that. This is an intimate moment, an intimate relationship between you know, him and, and the father. And in similar ways, then we ought to model that in our own Christian life that we, you know, we, we have this time set aside to spend with, with God. Um, and that is our time with God, whereby God communicates to us, um, directly as an individual, as a person in a personal relationship, a personal friendship, and we communicate to him individually and personally, and in really the most intimate realities of who we are and of of our heart so um i think there there we start there's uh there we start with christ well the other thing here christ's prayer i would also mention christ's revelation so part of prayer is how christ reveals himself to us and father patrick was mentioning that um that often when we kind of when we're taking steps when we're responding to grace and moving more deeply into our faith there's a desire to kind of share that to kind of you know right but remember that our lord and, and in that our lord reveals himself to us but remember how it is that our lord reveals himself and how it is that he has revealed himself throughout time it's always through into intermediaries right through a sort of hierarchical intermediary. So if you look at the Old Testament, you have the priests and the prophets. In the New Testament, you have the apostles. And then in, you know, as the apostles and the church were formed, we have the sacraments and the priesthood that all mediate to Christ. So I think I, I bring this up not, not to say that we can never have conversations with our peers about the spiritual life and that sort of thing, but just to reiterate the fact that as, as Catholics and as the truth has it, that we grow most, um, uh, what intensely in the spiritual life by clinging to that sort of vertical relationship to God the Father through the church and through the sacraments, not the horizontal relationship we would say through conversation, you know, and, and sort of sharing. So that might be a little nitpicky, but I think it's important to it's a both and, but it's it's a proper ordering uh, of the two, if that makes sense. Right. right. Yeah. So like, so let's put some. Let, let's ha let's add some like direct scenarios, right? So where do where do we see this in ways that are really difficult? Well, one is when when people desire to speak always about matters that are intimate and complex to the heart in very casual ways, such as their sexuality. Um, you know, th this is a great temptation in our age to to diagnose and to uh, and to stereotype and to simplify and to reduce all of the questions of heart into facile shifting identities. And Christians just Christians should be very wary of that. I think um, another uh, because I know Father Jacob Bertrand, you'll 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 jump on both of these uh, 
another another temptation I think would be um, would would be for for people uh, f- faithful Christians that that have an overly ide- idealistic or romantic view of marriage. They think that because they are married now, that their relationship with God um, will always be shared by their spouse. Even married people have a, uh, have a relationship together. It's true that you get graces by the marriage here, and I, I'm going to be careful and precise about my language. Um, but, but marriage does not dissolve the individual identity that the believer has before God. Even when you are married, you have a personal prayer life that is just you and the Lord. And, uh, and that, is, uh, that is at the heart of, that is what the, the heart of what it means to be claimed as a Christian, to, to have always that foundational, fundamental, personal connection with the Lord Jesus. So, so, so any thoughts, Father Jacob Bertrand, on those two, those two yeah. questions? Yeah, I think the first um, jumps out to me in particular, especially hearing confessions and that sort of thing that, um, you know, issues of sexuality, issues of chastity, there's, there seems to be, and this is one of the things that kind of stands out in my mind is something that, you know, in, in Catholic culture, we're much more willing, not we, people are much more willing to share and talk about um, in a public way than, I don't know, our peers might have been. And, um, and I can see that, you know, there, there's, there's merit to be able to have a sort of by way of example, an accountability partner, or these sort of things, and I'm I'm not railing against that. Um, but what I do think is important is that the growth in these areas, growth um, in your relationship with Christ, rather whether it's with vis-a-vis a particular sin or temptation, whether it's just growing in the spiritual life now that there's a new state in life, you're now married, you're dating, you're moving, these sort of things. It's always the the primary focus and the primary contact for conversation is Christ. It's Christ, um, and and we have to we have to affirm that because it's Christ who mediates grace. Um, another thing I think that uh, that's important is to and this uh, this I think is always a temptation in the spiritual life, and that's that's that the spiritual life, our relationship with Christ, becomes a sort of transactional reality. That if I kind of right. put in, then God has yeah. to give out. You know, if I put in the prayer time, if I put in the conversation, if I'm open about what I am and kind of all of these things, then then I'll grow in this spiritual life. Well, our relationship with Christ is the most intimate and personal of all, personal of all relationships. And I usually use this example here. If I'm not married, obviously, but if I were married, <laughs> or let's use like the example of like one of my closest friends, if I were to have a very personal conversation with a very close friend, that's not something that I would share with other people, those details. I might say, so-and-so is, you know, they're they're having a huff, tough time. I might share that with other people, but I'm not going to share kind of those intimate details of our conversation. I think that's that's kind of the model that we have to be after in our, in our relationship with Christ. Um, that, sure, let's talk about, you know, how life is going and these kind of things, but the, but the intimate details and workings and movements of our soul are really that they're intimate and personal, and um, they, they're not for public kind of consumption. If if that makes sense, I don't know. Does that does that ring yeah, a bell, so Father? We, so if you're not on board with us yet, uh, let us tell you more of the dangers here. Um, you know, let's 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 continue to go deeper into darkness before yeah. before before we reveal more light. Okay, so so one of the, one of the real risks here is if you're talking about all kinds of intimacy, intimacy and private um, and personal things about the spiritual life, you subject yourself to bad advice. That's a great risk. Uh, Dominican friars um, are, are are highly trained people. Part of 
part of the order's charism is to be good confessors, to study virtues carefully over a long matter of time, over a series, uh, uh, over over a highly refined, you know, li literally over the course of centuries, over a highly refined um, educational process. That's why the theology of St. Thomas Aquinas is so great, because that's what it does, is it systematizes things, and it allows us to be steeped in um, both in the ways of God and of men, so as to, to be able to, to succinctly order Christian lives. Okay. If you have not uh, gone through a, a process of preparation like this, and you're just sort of thinking the thoughts that, that occurred to you after having picked up a Bible one time or uh, having completed your eighth grade catechesis, and you start commenting on the details, the intimate details of someone's personal life, it's very easy to to proffer bad advice to 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 shape um to shape people's lives poorly to wound you know if we're not being careful here the spiritual life is a very mm -hmm. fragile thing um so uh, so i i think this is a big deal um you know that this risk of this risks this risk of being exposed to bad advice is a very serious thing yeah i think one of the things that we're told we we take a number of courses during our formation on um on spiritual direction and confession. And one of the things that we're told is that we should wait years after being ordained a priest um, before we before we take on spiritual directees in a real serious sense. Now, sometimes that can't happen because, you know, you might be assigned somewhere where that you just that's just part of your assignment. But, um, you know, we're cautioned against taking on spiritual directees because uh, we are not experts in the spiritual life. You know, even after seven years of formation, even after a couple of years of priesthood, um, we're still not experts in the spiritual life. Um, and all the more for, for those who have not had that training, as Father Patrick said. You know, so even the best of intentioned people sometimes have no clue what they're talking about. Um, it may sound good and, 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 and you know, those sorts of things. But uh, I think spiritual expertise in the tradition shows us that it's, it's, it's living the life for years and being formed by it, not simply you know, just trying it for a little bit. So I think that's, that's spot on. I think another, I think another, um, danger here is, is the one of comparison and pride. Right. right. I would link right. those two together. Yeah, um, absolutely. Right. Because the, as father Patrick was saying with one of the examples he was using earlier that like the human person is a complex reality. Um, and often when we're expressing how we feel or what we think about something, we're doing it in a very simplified way. So not that people are being dishonest or disingenuous, but you don't get the full picture of the person all the time and sort of uh, in, in every setting. And then it's very easy to compare, you know, your growth state in the spiritual life, these sort of things to somebody else. Um, and we're really not good judges of other people's spiritual life, never mind ours. It just becomes a distraction, a stumbling block. Or um, if it's not something that beats us up, it's something that puffs us up and, and pride that, oh, I'm doing better, you know, et cetera, et cetera. When really in the end, we, again, we just kind of don't know. And that's not the point of the spiritual life to sort of gauge. The point of the spiritual life is to, is to be friends with Christ, um, not to be focused on kind of where we are uh, in, in that vis-a-vis -vis other, another person or or that sort of thing. Right. And we really, we really have to be careful and attuned to what another person can, can accept. Um, we can think about, uh, the moment of this, the moment in scriptures where, um, pearls are thrown before swine, right. Um, where, where someone is just not prepared to understand this or that aspect of the spiritual life. Well, in that case, we should stay silent about it. We should not subject as 
St. Thomas says, the faith to mockery or to misunderstanding. We have to make sure that the that the foundation is laid and that, that, that the moment is such that someone will be able to receive what it is that we would like to invite them into. Um, mm-hmm. So th- this is a real, this is a, uh, uh, this is a real um, danger of oversharing then is to reduce the faith, you know, again, to, to something that they, they can't be fathomed or, or comprehended or, or that that would be worse subject to, to ridicule or to mockery. Yeah. So when I was having this conversation with somebody else um, that kind of inspired more thoughts on this topic, the the kind of last part of our discussion was, you know, I was asked, well, Father, can I talk about the faith at all with my friends? Can I talk about my spiritual <laughs> life at all? Right, um, right. So let's be clear here. The answer is yes. Uh, yes, we can. Um, let's also be clear that, like, we should. But the the principle here is that we need to exercise a sort of spiritual or emotional custody, you know, a spiritual or emotional prudence and in what we share with one another. Um, You know, in in the same way, we can think of this sort of hierarchy that, you know, the way in which we talk about ourselves to um, to a casual acquaintance is very different than the way in which we share talk with a close friend or a spouse or a priest in the confessional or a priest in spiritual direction and even different than the way in which we talk with Christ. There are levels of intimacy that we share with people that have a proper ordering. And I think, I think, I don't know, maybe this is an effect of social media and those sorts of things of just sharing every aspect of our life online um, and that we feel more ready to share. But I, uh, I guess I would say, you know, it might be worth kind of examining the way in which, um, we share in various circles about our relationship with Christ. And what is it that is actually, you know, we're a movement of Christ that belongs to our heart and, and these sort of things that doesn't need to be just proclaimed, even in the best of circles, even in the most, you know, um, holy of, of circles of friends and peers and that sort of thing. I think, again, um, you know, the, Father Jacob Bertrand and I are talking about talking about Catholic circles, especially Catholic circles of young people, um, and I think here we, we need to understand that um, that a little bit more reverence of these things um, is a good idea to to re- to revere to revere um, the ways that God is at work in our lives and to respond before those movements um, piously is a virtuous thing and we need we need to not be afraid we need to not be afraid of um, of the kind of respect and deference that these movements of grace are due in our lives um, because um, so there, there, there can be moments and ways that, that free, freely promulgating them uh, cheapens the, the work of God. Um, and, uh, and that again, you know, if, if we are careless about the, the effects of, of, of his healing or, or his grace in our lives, um, that, that, that we, that we can, um, that, that we can, um, injure others and, and cause, you know, again, uh, like I was talking about, um, a kind of ridicule of, and misunderstanding of the faith. Yeah, I think that's right. I hear, I, I think often of, of Our Lady that she kept, you know, she lived with, obviously, she, she lived with Christ, um, <laughs> but that she kept, she, you know, the scriptures are real to us that she kept all of these things in her heart. Um, and I don't think that in any way implies, obviously not, uh, that she never spoke about the way in which Christ... Um, affected her, changed her, moved her. I mean, this is why we know things about Christ's infancy, because Mary shared them, you know, but the, the first, I think, disposition ought not to be one of publicizing, but one of, 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 you know, 
intimate friendship with our Lord and, and, and treasuring the way in which he's working and guiding and moving um, as, you know, as a great gift that's shared between God and you, which is such an incredible reality that God wants to know you and be with, be with you and you, um, you know, in a, in a sort of, this sound, might sound weird, but kind of like a one-on-one kind of relationship. That's, that's the primary reference. So, um, yeah. So I think by way of, um, you know, kind of summarizing my thoughts, maybe I already have, but I will again, that, that I don't think Father Patrick and I, neither of us think or would want to imply that, you know, that we should pull away or kind of, you know, hide away the things of our faith and spiritual life, but consider the ways in which we share how that affects us and how that also affects, affects others that we are, that we're with. Yeah. Well said, well summarized. Um, so, you know, again, by, by way of conclusion, the, the three great virtues that, that we've worked to offer here are the, to practice a certain level of spiritual and emotional custody, um, to, to, to be willing to be a bit more reserved, that is, to be prudent about what we share and when and with whom, and finally, to, to work to understand and embrace a, a reverence before God and sacred things, including the ways that, the, the ways that he's operative in our lives. Um, so I think that's a wrap for this episode, huh? Any final thoughts? I'd say thoughts? so. I have nothing no, else I... to share. There it is. <laughs> yeah, that's We've shared enough today. Yeah, perfect. Good. All right, done. Uh, to those of you that support the podcast on Patreon, thank you. We're very grateful. You make it possible for us to continue to slowly improve the quality of our work. Um, there's uh, various new merch available um, in the shop, if you haven't checked that out, please do, including our Pentecost offering. Um, that is the new Pentecost uh, additions to the shop. Uh, finally, um, please pray for those uh, those people who will attend the summer retreat with us um, at Immaculate Conception Seminary in Huntington, New York. Um, we're really looking forward to that, and we're looking forward to future God-splaining events. So please, um, please like and share the podcast, invite people to the things you see us doing as we propose them and stay tuned for more future good works. Big promise there. Vague, you know, like, yeah, we're doing stuff. Get on board with us. Great. Okay. Well, thank you all for listening. God bless. Thanks for listening to Godsplaining, a work of the Dominican friars of the province of St. Joseph. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Leave a review on your podcast app and visit us at godsplaining.org.